why are there so many different denominations and why are there so many different kind of churches and why, why can't the church be more united and just be one church? I said, well, well then why is it there just one flavor of ice cream? See, God has a unique language to communicate to humanity and the language of God is the church. everyone. Welcome to the studio podcast. First of all, just want to say thanks for listening. We are excited to get this podcast up and running. If you are new to studio, we are a church in Greenville, South Carolina. Our heart is to create a place where God and people meet so beautiful things can happen and beautiful things are created. Thanks for listening. And with that, let's get right to it. So would you please join me in honoring and welcoming Mr. Erwin Raphael McManus. Oh, it's good to see you guys tonight. You can sit down. I just want to just clarify. I flew from L.A. to be here not to speak. I didn't even know I was going to speak. I came here to celebrate with you. I, I text my family back in L.A. I founded a church called Mosaic, and my family's back in Los Angeles right now. And, and I said, this is so exciting. And um, very few things on Sunday excite me more than being at Mosaic, but being here today has been just absolutely brilliant because I know something new, something special is happening here in this space. And when I did invite Eric and Candace to our home uh, in LA, there was a reason for that. I, I, I don't know if you're aware, but really Eric and Candace held the role of being the leaders of one of the most significant church movements in the world. And I didn't really say that as clearly in the first gathering. I was trying to be respectful. But you cannot understate the role from which they stepped down to go into a future they had no idea what, what it was going to look like. And one of the things I've learned over the many decades of being alive is that when you choose to step into your uniqueness, you oftentimes have to give up acceptance and that when you choose to step into the role of pioneering, you usually end up losing your community. And having been on that journey in my own life, I knew that they were going to face a time where they might feel alone in the world. And so I just wanted to let them know that a stranger from another part of the world, because Reading and LA are not even the same planet, <laughs> And I wanted to know that um, my wife, Kim, and I saw them and that they would never be alone as long as we were breathing and that we were just a reflection of the eyes of God, that God was watching them and he was for them and he was creating a new community for them. So when they began searching for a place to go, they would call me and tell me about different cities they were visiting in the South. I went to Chapel Hill. I'm a Tar Heel, so I know the South. And my wife was raised on a farm in Asheville, North Carolina. So she's a southern girl in LA. And then they said, we went to Greenville. And you could just hear it in his voice. You know, he talked about other cities, but he said, then there's Greenville. And it was as if he was still making a choice, but the choice had already been made. And, and he said, but there's so many churches in Greenville. I don't know if we should go to Greenville. 
And I said, well, there are a lot of churches in Greenville and throughout the entire South. <laughs> but that's, that's not really the question, though. The question is not, are there a lot of churches? Because he said, is there room for us in a city with so many churches? I said, not if you're going to do the same thing. But if you're going to do something different, something unique, something fresh, something new, then there's plenty of room, no matter where you go. And I, I've gotten this question over the years from pastors and leaders and e even just people of faith. Why are there so many different denominations and why are there so many different kind of churches and why, why can't the church be more united and just be one church? I said, well, well then why isn't there just one flavor of ice cream? Right, why isn't there just vanilla? Oh, because it would be vanilla. But there's at least chocolate and strawberry, even if you're not that creative. You, you at least accept the three. But I'm so glad that somebody decided, you know, chocolate is great and vanilla is great and strawberry is great, but I want to create cookies and cream. See, I believe that person was God-inspired. I, I think that that the invention of more flavors is actually more reflective of God than a world with just one flavor. Because God is the God who created all the aromas. I'm just so glad there's the aroma of coffee and the aroma of chocolate. And by the way, the flavors. I am so thankful that God didn't stop with milk chocolate and really took us to where beauty is expressed in dark chocolate. And all the endless colors and textures and flavors and aromas, those are the result of God's genius, his imagination, his creativity. Why in the world would we ever want just one kind of church? And one of the beautiful things is that there are many beautiful churches already here. It's just now you have a new flavor, a new aroma, a new texture, and beyond that, a new culture a new vision, a new expression of faith. And that is so necessary, which is why when Eric asked me to be on the board, I was so excited to be a part of what you're going to create together. I even love the name studio. Isn't that a great name? I mean, we named our church Mosaic decades ago. I love one name names. Because really, you don't really get there until you're only one name, right? Elvis. Madonna, Bono, Studio. And I know a lot of people will say things like, but why don't you say church? Are you embarrassed or ashamed of being church? Now, I often told people, look, I'm a human, but I don't wear a sign that says human because I'm inherently a human, so I know that once you experience me, you'll go, not a giraffe. Right? You'll say human. See, the reason churches had to add churches to their name is because they were not obviously the church. So they needed to wear a sign to let people know what they were. See, Greenville's going to know you're the church by the way you live, not by the sign you have. So I wanted to read a passage about the church and why I'm so convinced that studio is necessary in the world. And I am so honored to be a part of Eric and Candace's life. I'm always excited when someone takes on the role of being a pastor, when they're authentic, when they're genuine, when they're compassionate, 
when they're creative, inventive, and just a little bit crazy. Because then I know that God's creating a soup that has never been experienced before. Well, in Ephesians chapter 3, beginning of verse 10, the scriptures tell us this, that God, his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a beautiful passage, but what does that mean? That God is making his manifold wisdom known to rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Why was this his intent? Well, I'm from El Salvador. You may not be able to tell, but I'm actually Spanish. And Spanish was my first language. And I came to the States when I was a little boy. And one of the things I learned about knowing two languages by the age of five was that a lot of words are the, uh, carry the same meaning in two different languages. And so there's some words that you have in Spanish that you can find an English word that exactly describes it. And some words in English you can find a Spanish word that exactly translates it. But there are some things that you just can't translate from language to language. And so there, there are some words that you almost just have to take the Spanish word and pretend it's English or take the English word and pretend it's Spanish because you, you can't describe the difference. Like in my country, we have something called pupusas. There is no English word for pupusas. The closest word to pupusa is heaven. And, and when someone says, what is it? You always say, it's like this. But language is so limited, isn't it? How do you describe something in a language you do not know to someone who's never had a common experience with you. That's exactly what happens with God. See, the one experience that you have if you've met Jesus that people without God do not understand is what it is to experience God. And so the moment you're trying to explain God to someone who's never experienced God, the language doesn't work anymore. So how does God communicate to us who he is, what he's about, why he does what he does, when the language of God is bigger than the language of men. How does God translate what he's saying to us? I want you to hear what the scriptures are actually saying. See, God has a unique language to communicate to humanity, and the language of God is the church. See, Jesus is the word of God, but the church is the language of God. Listen again, he says, his intent was that now through the church, through us, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. See, the way God reveals his wisdom, the way God translates his mind so that we can understand him is through us. We are the alphabet of God. We are the letters of God. We are the sentences of God. We are the paragraphs and chapters Because the way God writes his story in human history is through us as a church. Now, there's a part of this verse I wish I really understood. But I'm going to read it because it's just kind of epic. It says that the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. I don't even know fully what that means. But I just know there are rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Which means God's not just talking to us. God is actually talking to eternity. And so I kind of imagine there's this angelic kind of community going to God, what are you doing? 
We do not understand what's happening on this planet called Earth. Mars is much easier to understand, not a lot of activity. But Earth, we don't get. Humans, we don't get. Squirrels, we get. Beavers, we get. Giraffes, we understand. But humans, we don't understand them. And God goes, all the way I can explain to you what I'm doing in humanity is through the language of the church. So the way God communicates his wisdom is through the church. And that's why there are people who right now, today, in this city, are wondering, where is God in my pain? See, why didn't God show up in my life when I needed him? Why didn't God answer my prayers? Why is there so much suffering in the world? Why is there violence and evil in the world? And the language of God is not the media. The language of God is not history. The language of God is his people. And the only way God will ever speak to humanity is if we allow God to tell his story through us. Studio is here because God has a message for the city that can only be communicated through a new church called Studio. You may not know it, but God is about to tell the greatest story this city has ever known through you. What will your part of the story be? And it's exciting to me to know that God isn't finished talking yet. He's still speaking. And once he spoke through prophets and through visions and through miracles, and he spoke through his son, God speaks through the universe. He speaks through creation. God is endless in his effort to communicate. But I want you to know the way God speaks most clearly is through the church. God's wisdom is revealed through us. But not only that, I want you to go down the passage, even though you don't necessarily have your Bibles open right now. But in verse 17, it says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And here's the the wonderful thing about what God is telling us. He's saying, look, you're amazing. I'm sure you're the most incredible people on the planet. But the fullness of God is too big for you. See, God's fullness cannot be expressed through you alone. And so if you walk alone, even if you're walking with Jesus... Even if you have a sincere faith, even if you know God and love God, when you're walking alone, you cannot be the full expression of the fullness of God that God wants to reveal to the world. But when we move together, there's enough, in a sense, of a canvas for God to paint on all of us together who he is to the world. And it's only then that the world begins to experience. And by the way, it's only then when we begin to experience the heights and depth, how wide, how deep, how high the love of God actually is. And and I I live in L.A., actually pretty much live in Hollywood. And we can see the Hollywood sign from our house, which means we kind of live in the middle of crazy. And I can tell you all the time, I'll meet people who tell me, oh, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. And usually that just means... They're just living their life any way they want. And I said, oh, that's awesome. I'm spiritual too, and I'm not religious. But, um, but where do you find your spirituality? What's the source of your spirit? And we talk, and they go, oh, well, you know, I don't need church. And, and in fact, people say, I don't, I don't like the church. I, I, you know, I'm into God, 
but not the church. And I go, well, do you understand that church is just code word for humans? Right, right. Like if you're saying you don't like the church, you're actually saying I don't like humans. And they go, yeah, yeah, but I just don't like, like the, the church people. I go, okay, what's the difference between the church people and the people out of church? Because they're the same people. With the same problems, with the same brokenness, with the same struggles, but the other ones experience unconditional acceptance and love. And they go, well, I just, I, I can worship God in the woods. Which I, I can too, can't you? Here's the thing. And then we have people who, they're called tree huggers. And, and they love hugging trees. Which is great if you have a need to hug. But there's going to be a moment in your life you're going to have a need to be hugged and that tree will not respond. And that's why you need people. See, when I came to faith, I knew nothing about Christianity. I knew nothing about the church. I knew nothing about Jesus. But very quickly, I realized something. What God gave me when I entrusted my life to Jesus was two things at the very least. He not only gave me a relationship to God through Jesus, but he gave me a relationship to people through Jesus. And if you don't know it yet, you're not just designed to need God. You're designed to need people. And I know a lot of times, all you need is God, right? And, and we sing that. Lord, you're all I need. You're all I want. I remember singing that at Mosaic years ago. And I remember leaning over to someone saying, I wish that were true. You're all I want, but I really want some coffee. Right? Are we allowed to say that? You know, God, you are all I need, but I actually really need some caffeine. Oh, and more than that, I need Kim, my wife. I actually need my kids. I just want them. When man was alone, it was not man going to God complaining, saying, God, I need more than you. It was God who said it was not good for man to be alone. See, it was God who knew he designed us for a relationship with each other. You can only experience the fullness of God in relationship to others. You can only experience the fullness of God in relationship to the church. And the world can only experience Jesus fully when we do life together. Studio is going to be the proof of God to this city. And then just one last thought from that passage. is a church is necessary for the world to understand God's wisdom. And the church is necessary for the world to experience God's fullness. But then it says in verse 20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations. Have you ever wondered why all the promises of God that you believe don't actually happen in your life all the time? You're supposed to pretend they do. But they don't. In fact, for some of you, you've never experienced the promises of God ever actualized in your life. And you wonder, why God, I believe? It's because you've been misled about how God makes his promises. See, God doesn't make many of those promises to you or to me. He makes those promises to us. Listen again. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all I ask or imagine, no. 
all we ask and imagine. According to his power that is at work in me? No. According to his power that is at work in us. I'm telling you, the greatest things God wants to do in your life can only happen with us. The most powerful things Jesus wants you to experience will only happen in the us. What studio is, is the container of the us. See, God has an idea, a dream, a vision. God's imagination is going wild for what's going to happen in Greenville. And the imagination of God is just too big for me or for you. God's imagination for the city is too big for only Eric and Candace. See, they, their imagination wants to connect to your imagination. Their faith wants to connect to your faith. The canvas of their soul wants to connect to the canvas of your soul so that there's a big enough canvas so that God can dream here and create a future beyond your imagination. And so I'm here, and maybe I'm a little greedy, because I'm attaching my imagination to you. And I'm attaching my soul to you. I'm attaching my canvas to you because I want to just have a little bit of the paint spill over on my side. So that when God creates a future Greenville could have never imagined, I could say, yeah, I contributed my imagination to that too. <laughs> so that God would have enough room to paint what no mind could contain. But no human can stop. Studio is the perfect name for the future God has for you. Because you're the canvas of the future that Jesus is going to bring. But I know there's a lot of Christians here, so I'm just going to give you my one little heads up. See, if you're here and you're a Christian who has church experience, you have the danger of making this new church an old church. By coming in as a book that has already been written and already been read, and you're going to dust it off in a new place hoping something new will happen. You need to put that book away Celebrate it, remember it, but let it not be you. You need to come as a brand new journal with blank pages, ready to let Jesus write a new future. Because what God is doing, it's fresh. It's new. It's not always better, it's just different. Because there's somebody in the city right now who's saying, God, if you could just let me know you're here, and speak to me in a language I can understand, I would run to you. Jesus, if you're real, if you could just somehow let me see you in a way that, that makes sense to my soul, I, I would give my life to you. And, and God said, oh, my love letter's coming. They're called studio. What I want you to do now is I want you to stand and we're going to pray. I just want to pray over you and your future, over Eric and Candace. I'm just going to ask you guys to come up. Eric and Candace, stop talking to each other. <laughs> We're just going to put you right here in front. Let's just pray over them right now. And as we pray, I want to remind you of something. God uses people to be the containers of his future. 
and that's Eric and Candace. And the only vessels that God really uses are the ones that are willing to be broken so the oil can be spelt and released. So they've come here not to protect their oil, but to allow themselves to be broken so that something new can emerge. Father, we pray for the future of studio. We, we pray first for Eric and Candace that, God, we're going to pray that you would surround them with people who would love them unconditionally, who would always have their back, who would only believe the best in them, who would protect their reputation, who would protect their family. I pray, God, that there will be people who, beyond even being committed to the mission and committed to the church, that they would be committed to them. They would hold their arms when they're weak, encourage them when they're discouraged, and cheer them on when they're filled with courage and faith. And God, I pray that you would bring people who have a lot of money <laughs> and that they would become generous so that Eric and Candace would never wonder where the, your resources are for the vision you've placed in them. I pray, God, that you would give them so much money they'd have to just give a lot of it away to other churches with vision. And God, I pray that this would be a church not just for people who already believe, but that studio would be sensitive to those who are searching for God, that studio would become a bridge and a gateway for those searching for Jesus, that studio would be deeply vibrant in their faith, but always relevant and sensitive to the culture that needs you. I pray that you would unleash creativity imagination, innovation, and that there would be no church in the world that has ever been like this one. We thank you, Father. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, let's give it up together. listening to today's talk. If you're interested in learning more about Studio here in Greenville, you can check out our website, studiogreenville.com. And you can give us a follow on Instagram. Our handle is studio.greenville. Have a great week.